Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Do you want to live the life you want with the money you have? It's an interesting concept and it's a new book that Vince Scully has written. And you may have heard Vince many times on the podcast, uh, in our long campfire chats, in various other episodes. Vince is a financial advisor, accredited mortgage broker. He was an accountant. He was an engineer and all round good guy. Vince Scully, welcome back to My Millennial Money. Thanks, Glenn. It's great to be here again. Now, you've got this book and we're putting this episode up as a bonus episode because I want people to learn as much as possible about money and some broad concepts and encouragement from as many places as possible. And you've helped me out personally, professionally. We are effectively licensed through your company. So, thanks for... um, letting me pay you lots of money for a financial <laughs> services uh, My pleasure. license, representation, or whatever we call it. Keeping uh, you out of jail. Keeping me out of jail. So, I wanted to just have a, a bit of a bonus chat with you about your book and just encourage people to just to be encouraged to just read any money book. Especially Glenn, after they've read yours. They uh, should you, read you, mine. Yeah, that's the, that's the kicker, guys. You can... You can read Vince's book, but you have to read mine first. Well, you have to buy it anyway. You have to buy it. So, <laughs> I'll set them up. Vince will knock them down. That's how we're doing it around here. And no, but in all seriousness, and I even wrote it in my book, Vince, like, I just want you to, if you learn one principle and implement that mm. from any book, and you might need to tweak something to your own situation, but it's just that movement. It's the making financial ground in your life because a lot of our friends aren't reading money books. That's right. So, one of your opening chapters, you talked about the latte fallacy. And if you just joined us, like if we're on the radio, if you've just joined us, <laughs> we're talking with Vince Scully, his book, The Life You Want with the Money You Have, The Money Handbook for a New Generation. You talk about the latte fallacy. What's the latte fallacy? So, the latte fallacy is this commonly held view that you'll see all over the press that is. Your morning latte is the thing that's keeping you out of the housing market and stopping you getting rich. And nothing could be further from the truth. And that's because the the, the theory goes that if you don't spend $3.50 a day, that's $1,000 a year. Over 30 years, that's $35,000 plus interest. That's the deposit on a flat. Mm. And that makes a whole bunch of assumptions that just aren't true in reality. Mm. And... Yeah, it got morphed into the avocado theory, but this whole concept that it's actually these little tiny decisions multiplied over 30 years is what makes the difference between success and failure with money. Mm. And 
It's sort of easy to believe because the maths sounds superficially simple. When they say, oh, it's just a coffee a day, you can have this item, mm. it's, it's very markety speak. It is. So, you've seen the ads on TV for the, the, the interest-free finance for the new lounge yep. suite, right? You know, this could be yours for a coffee a day. Yeah. And Westpac actually ran a, an advertising campaign a few years ago saying that for three cups of coffee a day, you could afford six Park Street or some, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but it's just a nonsense to say that I can make this one decision over here and in order to pay for that, I've got to make 365 decisions over here. And that's just too hard. But the thing that I struggle with, if you use the the coffee theory a day, and actually these long black <laughs> switching, and they're probably $5. Uh, but $3.80, this is North Sydney. Really? I paid $5.50 the other day in um, Met Centre in Sydney. Uh, anyway, yeah. in fact, in fact, I had an, a long discussion with the editor of the book because mm. I'd originally done the numbers at three dollars fifty because mm. that's what I pay mm. every day, and he's in Melbourne. Yeah, and he's going. You can't buy coffee for three dollars fifty. It should be like four dollars fifty. And so I actually went around and surveyed a dozen cafes. Wow! And we settled on three dollars eighty. <laughs> right, but the problem I have with these low hanging fruit analogies. If I want to play that card in my life, I'm going to run out of coffee. You are. Like, because we've only got finite amount of resources, right? And I like what you, you know, live the life you want with the money you have. <laughs> I talk about this loot thing, life on your own terms. Yeah. It's all relative to your life, yeah. what you've got. How can you optimize your own money? How can you optimize your life? Yeah. So, you've got to first understand what enough is. Yeah, oh gosh. In order to know that you've got it. Would but getting you, okay, back wait, getting wait, back wait. to the coffee for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a you know something that I've spent a lot of time over the last decade or so talking about that when people talk about budgeting or money in the media, the first thing they do is to start saying, well, what are these little things that I can cut? So you go and read the uh, Sunday Telegraph. There'll always be these little articles about 10 things you can cut to save money. And they're things like, your morning coffee, the things like... Um, yes. I, I, I'll give you an example. I actually did a, a radio interview uh, just last week in Brisbane and they said, oh, can you chat about this news.com.au article about inflation and all this stuff? And one of the points in the article was to save money, make sure you turn the lights off if you go out. Now, I get it. In theory, yes, but an extra $2 a quarter... If that's breaking your bank, you may have other problems. Yeah. And you might have been better off replacing your downlights with LEDs and got a much bigger saving. Yeah, so I, I think we're, we're both coming at this, you know, to solve all our lives' money problems, we can't look at the superficial little things that are hanging off our budget. That's right. So in the book I talk about that, you know, the, the secret to success with money is not thousands of little decisions made agonizingly, it's a handful of big ones made mindfully. Mm. And the big six that I always talk about are where you live, what you drive, how you prepare for the unexpected, how you provide for retirement, how you make a living and who you marry. Mm. And I probably can't help you with the last one, but the other five probably shouldn't be done without financial advice. Okay. So drilling down on that, you talked about where you live. Mm. 
And one of the chapters in the book is paying off your home mortgage and doing it ASAP. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, we've got to get to our deposit, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there is another money book and the author recommends that you must save 20% to get your house. (laughs) Are you of the view that put 20% down, save 20%, put 20% down and move on? Or can I get you over to the dark side and say, well, housing is a consumable Mm -hmm. to a point. Which it is. Yeah. Um, It's a lifestyle choice. It's consumption. Yeah. Can we not maybe save 10%, pay some LMI, Mm -hmm. and it's probably might be, could be wherever people are living, it could be cheaper than renting. And we can do what we want with it. So, uh, there's a lot of confusion around this house thing. There is. And that whole 20% deposit thing is another one of these things that the world has changed and we need to change those attitudes. Mm. And that's why I talk about the book being a new generation. So, who are you talking to? Who's this book for? The book is generally for people in their 20s and 30s and they've largely been taught what they know about money from the media and from their parents. Mm. And as the parent of a 22-year-old, um, I know what that looks like from my peer group. And the things that got us as a boomer to close to retirement- Are you a boomer? I am a boomer. Dear God, uh, <laughs> help us. And um, the thing that got us where we got to is not what's going to get mm. you to where you want to be- and there's probably a different place than we got to anyway, but what the rules that applied in the 70s and 80s aren't what's going to work for you today. So the money game's changed, but the, uh, and we need to play them by new rules. But the foundations of the money structural things and all those words are actually different as well. Yeah. Like interest rates are lower. Yeah. But it might be 10 times your income to buy a house, exactly. not four. Yeah. So, so getting back to your point about... Who's the twenty percent. So the twenty percent. Oh yeah. The first. Who, who's the who's the The book. Twenties and thirties. Twenties and thirties. Okay. Um, although you don't have to stop reading it once you turn forty. Mm. But generally, you know, if you're going through, you know, life's three big changes, which I call coupling, nesting, and parenting, which is, um, you know, starting to deal with money as a couple, um, or more than a couple, depending on your pronouns, I suppose, and you know, finding somewhere to live. And then potentially becoming a, a parent, whether that's a, a real baby or a fur baby, they all change the way we have to deal with money. And that's really the audience. Um, don't really focus on pre-retirees and retirees here. Mm. It's more the 20s, 30s, 40s. I would like to hypothesize, Vince, that if we get all these foundations in our life set up, so where we live and I'll call them the big rocks. Yep. Where we live, what we drive. Um, well, those two is 40% of your exactly your budget. Like, because I'm of the view, fundamentally, live on less than you earn, give and invest the rest. Mm-hmm. That retirement and that pre-retirement, it can almost take care of itself. And, and the reason I say that is because when I took my parents to a financial advisor uh, a couple of months ago, they're in a great position for their age. And we've got some, you know, the advisor was talking about, oh, you can do this or you can do this. And it's just like, oh, well, no, hang on. Both decision A and B, they're both good decisions. Mm. And the fact that you've got the decisions to make and you've got the account balance to make 
is a good thing. But if you hadn't looked after these big rocks as soon as possible in your life, we get to the point where we go and see an advisor and there's less options. Yeah. I mean, you've done this from your time as an advisor, but there's nothing more frustrating or sad than a 58-year-old couple walks into your office and go, I want to retire, and they've got no money and a big home loan. Well, in fact, in my book, there's a, a early on, uh, the the piece in the books, in the introduction chapters, it's called A Cautionary Tale. And I do talk about, uh, and I use the, I made the name up, I think I said David, that's mm. not his name, wanted to retire, 61 years old, still had a mortgage, still had a low super balance, had the car loan. And you just think like, did David from a young age keep rolling over debt? House grew, we'll refinance, we'll buy a car. House grew, we refinance, get the money out, go on holiday. There's this underlying theme that he spent more than what he's earned. Mm -hmm. And whether it's no fault of his own or he's just been asleep at the wheel, you're out of options. So, and we get a lot of questions in the Facebook group, and you're you're a moderator mm. in the My Millennial mm-hmm. Money Facebook group. I'm very moderate. You're very moderate. Um, we get you probably got voted out last Saturday. Um, <laughs> we got a lot of um, we get a lot of questions for young people, and I love these questions. They're they're in their twenties and their thirties, asking about pre-retirement. Where I would really encourage these people. I'm getting all passionate about yeah. this, aren't I? To live the life they want. Live the life you want yeah. now. Spend less than what you earn now. Invest the rest now. Trust me, guys. We've seen it all. If you're good with your money, if you're diligent, read Vince's book. Soak it up. Implement three things in that book. Trust me, the future will take care of itself and you'll have all the options in the world. That's right. And to the greatest extent, this is really about giving yourself options. Um, you know, your goals at 22 are likely to be different to your goals at 32 or 42 or 52. Your values probably won't change. Mm. So what's important to you might not change. Mm. But setting the foundations early on make the rest of it easy. And that's why I say focus on these big six decisions. And so when it comes to buying your home... So the 20% deposit, forget yeah. about it? Yeah. Um, in fact, there's the... The problem, the biggest problem with the 20% deposit is, A, it's a lot of money. Oh, so when, you, so when you look at what's happened to housing over the last 40 years or 50 years, mm. the amount of our household budgets that we spend on housing hasn't actually changed in 50 years. Right. What has changed is we've gone from single-income households to dual-income households. Women are earning more. Interest rates have fallen from you know, 13 to two, mm. on the way back up again now. Mm. Home loans have gone from 20 years to 30 years and all of that's been capitalised into house prices. So the, Money's got to flow somewhere, doesn't it? And the, the, But the governments have been asleep at the wheel without, with, without having good housing stock. Well, interesting you should say that. We were having this deb- debate last week and it's accepted wisdom mm. that we actually have a housing shortage. Um, well, if that were the case, you would expect that occupants per dwellings would be rising. Mm. And actually, they've fallen for 50 years. The 2020 census was the first time they kicked up. Okay, so that means that the fact that they've kicked up means that we may be seeing... We may now be seeing yes. impact. But, and we've, but, got, we've got 8.5 million households and 11 million dwellings. 
So there ain't a shortage of them. Are they in the right place? Are they the right type? Are they affordable? All of those things See, are probably I, the bigger problem. Yeah, I've said this for bloody years. When there's tough economic times, the best way to get people working is grants for homes exactly. to get the tradies working. This whole island's a freaking Ponzi scheme. Hmm. Like it, it's got to stop somewhere. And the whole thing is a $700,000 house in most East Coast suburbia is considered entry level 101, like six, 700. No, like saving 140 grand, that's a non-starter. It is. And the point we were sort of getting to there that because house prices in general trend up, that's not to say that buying property is a license to make money, mm. but over time they broadly rise with nominal GDP and that's been rising at inflation plus one for 100 years. And so if it, house prices are rising at 3% and you're saving yeah, 2 or 3% per year, you'll never get to 20 because the 3% extra is growing faster than your ability to save. So you obviously don't want to spend a huge amount of money on lenders' mortgage insurance, but there is a bit of a sweet spot at about 88%. Right. That if you've got a 5% deposit, you've got very few choices of lenders and you're going to have an expensive lenders' mortgage insurance bill. You borrow 80%, you've got a huge choice of lenders and you won't pay lenders' mortgage insurance. But at around the sort of 88%, you're now at a very competitive market and the lenders' mortgage insurance bill isn't that high. And so getting from 88 down to 85 or 80 probably isn't actually going to save you money in the long long run. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and so based on that, like we get a lot of comments in the Facebook group and I was just thinking, you know, I glazed over while you were explaining that because I just got an email and I booked in to get my left wrist uh, on the 9th of June, next oh, Thursday. Good. Well, what's the, we're recording this. What's the date today, Vince? 31st. Uh, and we're just dropping this because Nathan, our uh, editor, is getting married this Friday. Oh, wow. And what's the time now? It's ten. It's quarter to two in the afternoon and he's going to edit this up for a Sunday night bonus episode and that's going to be the last thing he does while he goes away and gets married in his honeymoon. But all that to say... Um, so I is just, he spending the Australian average of $30,000 on his wedding? I don't think so. <laughs> Correction... I most definitely am. <laughs> but you don't need to. And let's talk about weddings next. But uh, all that to say, I'm getting my... Because a lot of people have asked about my health updates along the way. So, yeah, next Thursday, the 9th, I've just booked in to get my left carpal tunnel tweaked and fixed. Um, so, if your body was a car, it wouldn't be a Lexus, would it? Bloody oath it would be. Bloody oath. Oh, and next um, Wednesday, we're back here recording. Well, I haven't told you that, but I'm back. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is you talked about LMI. You talk about different lenders. A lot of people in the Facebook group talk about, well, I just called the bank myself and I just did this myself. I want to just camp on this whole DIY mortgage thing because I was having dinner with a friend the other day and I'd introduced them to a mortgage broker a couple mm. of years ago and, you know, got the FLDHS and all that mm. and... Um, which is the first home loan deposit scheme that the federal government introduced. Mm-hmm. I think it was Morrison in 19, maybe? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, the house, they bought a brand new house and land package, all good. 
equity increased, blah, blah, blah. He said, oh, I just called Macquarie. I bank with Macquarie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just called Macquarie. And the bank we, for good borrowers. Yeah, and we just, we did it ourselves. So the caveat is the more meat you have in your property, the more income that you have, it's probably easier to DIY because you can just go to one of those online things. It's 2% because they'll do the 60% LVRs. Yeah. So throw to you the value of a broker because a lot of people freak out about going to a broker. Yeah. I mean, the point you make about the vanilla deal. So if you're borrowing 60% of your property, you're you're under 40 um, you earn PAYG, you don't have a bonus, you don't have... Dependents. Oh, well, dependents are probably okay. But you spend, you know, your budget's good, you've got little other debt, you've got a good credit rating. Do you reckon I'll get to the stage where they add pets as dependents? <laughs> <laughs> the fur baby. Yeah. Um, so in those cases, you probably, you've got your choice of lenders, it's very competitive. Um, if, you're in, if you're happy to argue the toss on price, you can probably do that yourself. But as soon as you've got any quirks, like you're borrowing more than 90%, you depend on overtime shift allowances. You might have a partner that's self-employed. Or a self-employed partner. Yeah. Or your partner's not a resident, or you get some of your income in shares. So or, if you work for Google, yeah. um, now it's getting more complicated. You mean Alphabet? Alphabet. Yeah, um, bloody out of touch. <laughs> okay, boomer. Um yeah. <laughs> Or your, there's something peculiar about your property. It's got a granny flat at the back that you're Parental guarantee complex. Parental guarantees. All of those, you need a broker. Because I have legitimately seen with my own eyes, one bank wanted to charge someone $18,000 LMI. The bank next door, can you guess which bank? That one? No, no, it's a joke. <laughs> uh, the bank next your door. Money, Ralph. It was like $13,000 LMI. Yeah. And would you rather pay point dickety two of a percent more to save what eight grand or whatever it was? Yeah, so price. I forget only, what I said, but yeah, there but, was a yeah. big difference. So price, price or rate yeah. only matters when you can actually borrow how much you want, when you want, and the bank's going to deliver it on the day you have to settle your purchase. If you can't meet those three, don't worry about price. Yeah. If yeah. you can meet those three, then let's start talking about price. Yeah. And so for for a lot of our. Um, Members at LifeShop, you know, we're doing a lot of parental guarantees, which leaves you with a handful of a handful of banks. On the parental guarantee thing, and I'm probably going to just rename this this episode to like mortgages, houses, and property because that's what we're kind Bank of mum and dad talking um, talking about. On the parental guarantee thing, just be very aware that you know I would hypothesize, Vince, that in this current climate we might not see an extra 20% on a house price in the next perhaps 12 months. We might not. We might. All good. Whatever. Don't go into this parental guarantee thinking in a year's time we'll refire them out. Mm. I would be going into a parental guarantee and if you need diagrams on parental guarantees, are they in your book, Vince? No. No, they're in my book. They're in your book. I led you into that one. <laughs> no. um, if you need a diagram of parental guarantee- I don't think there's any diagrams in the book. Really? Mm. Gosh. It's all meat and substance. But you're, you're an engineer, so you're just like, here's the data. 
where I'm just like, no. I need space and I need to be visual. So that's why yeah. this, this is all about they'll, they'll complement each other. But when you finish reading Glenn's book, bye bye. Yeah, um, and we are selling Vince's book in this episode. But I would just really encourage you. Have you if, got your Booktopia link in the show notes? I will get Rachel to put it in bloody oath. We will um, hashtag affiliate income. <laughs> we get uh, a big seven and a half percent of the wholesale price. <laughs> yeah, I'll get one dollar for every book of Vince's you buy. Um, and I'll get two, I think. And you get two, yeah, yeah. Don't write a book if you want to earn money. Um, just walk into a parental guarantee with your partner, with the in-laws, with the outlaws, with your parents, under the guise that this could be a 10-year, six-year, five-year endeavor. Yeah. And are your parents going to retire in that time frame? Yeah. Are they going to want to move to Battle Bay? Yeah, all that stuff. Um, because there are some lenders that, it will be really, and this is why you need the mortgage broker, because there will be some lenders that won't let a second mortgage for parental guarantee, and you've got to go all with the one lender, yeah. and like it can get messy, yeah. get and get messy and not, really fast. And not all parent guarantees are limited to the deposit. The, that's right. Can you just explain that because that's yeah. really important? So traditionally, a guarantee says if Glenn doesn't fulfil his obligation to pay my repayments, I will go to. Glenn's dad and say, Mr. will you please pay instead of Glenn? Mr. Desmond James. Mr. Desmond James. I was going to say Mr. Desmond Glenn. No. Uh, <laughs> and if he doesn't pay- And I hope you get well soon, Daddy. He broke his rib the other day. <laughs> oh. Wasn't your fault, was it? Kind of was, but we can get to that. <laughs> if Glenn doesn't pay, Daddy Glenn, please pay. And if Daddy Glenn doesn't pay, then we can take Daddy Glenn's house, mm. which is a very bad look the next time you turn up for Christmas lunch. Mm. And so, in those circumstances, the bank doesn't have to ma- enforce Glenn to pay first. They mm. can just go, Daddy Glenn, give me my money. And that will be, usually ends up being whatever debt is left after the house is taken and sold. But some banks have a special parental guarantee where the obligation of the parent is limited to 20%. Yeah, so if if they did use that $700,000, so for example, the, the parent's house was worth a million dollars, the children were buying a $700,000 house, they would carve off 120, uh, 140. 140, that's what I'm saying, 140000 as the guarantee. Kids don't pay, they're only limited to recoup the 140, not the whole property if the current house that the kids bought is now worth nothing because it burned down and they didn't renew the insurance. It's fallen into the harbour with with climate change. Yeah. So that's important. And that, again, there's a handful of banks do that. And so you've got to be careful what you're you're borrowing. Yeah. Um, And what what are they guaranteeing? Are they guaranteeing all of your debts with the bank, including your credit card, or just your home loan? And there are some lenders with the parental guarantee – that they, for example, and I think CBA can do it, if mum and dad have a $140,000 term deposit mm-hmm. with that bank, they will use that as security. Yep. So there are, there are the plenty ways of options it. without putting the house on the line. Yeah, but not all banks will do all options. Yeah. So like a lot of things in personal finance, you've got to work out what you want mm. before you can work out who to buy it from. We'll have a quick break and then we'll come back and bring this home because... We've got to get on with our life. (laughs) 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, we're back. We've talked a lot about property and it really is only one part of this yeah. book that I'm holding here, Live the Life You Want with the Money You Have. It's step eight, by the way. It's step eight. There we or go. Seven, seven. Sorry. Uh, this book is the antidote you need for any financial confusion in your life. I know you will succeed after reading this. So It was a very famous podcast yeah, so host said that. He got a very famous podcast host to uh, to quote that at the, the back of his book. But you can buy this book where every good book is sold. Now, Vince... Do you want to add anything else just to kind of, I don't know, finish up this conversation? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the point about the handbook for a new generation is that the world has changed and we need some new rules to play the money game. So you can't win today's money game playing by yesterday's money rules. And a lot of what we're taught about money is based on myths, half-truths and Victorian era morals that we need to modernise. I wouldn't mind a Victorian era house. Well, it's true. But this is the whole thing, right? Because we've got a lot of people that are listening who are 30 and in their 20s mm-hmm. and their parents are freaking out because they've got to save their full house deposit back to that 20% yeah. or don't rent vest. And, you know, if you don't know what rent vesting is, it's buying an investment property if you do want to invest in property elsewhere mm-hmm. and then you're renting where you want to live. And I'm, I'll do an episode in the coming weeks, but I've just moved out of my house that I own and I'm now renting in the desired suburb that I want to live. Mm. Now, a lot of people can't compute that. And it comes with its own drama, which you've got to kind of put up with. And mm. I can get to that when I do that episode. But, you know, that type of stuff there might make your parents go and like kind of, ah, what? Like freak out. Like can't compute, can't compute, can't compute. You want to what? Computer says no. Or you might be like, look, I just want to build wealth with a share portfolio and rent where I want to live mm. as long as my rent isn't, what do you think, 30% of net take-home as a max guide? Yeah, I mean, you generally 40 ha- are in mortgage yeah. distress, yeah. So, generally. So, 30 is probably the upper end for housing costs generally. Less is more. Yeah. It's good. But your point about you know parental pressure to buy property is an interesting one because if you go back, to the 70s or 80s, the advice that says buy the biggest house you can afford was probably good advice. 
because back then, didn't really, even though interest rates were 13%, um, it didn't really matter if you paid a little bit too much for it or you stretched yourself a bit too much because actually we had 17% inflation in 1983. And so if you're a bit stretched this year, next year you get a pay rise and it's all, all roses again. That's not going to happen today. And as you pointed out earlier, you know, are we going to see the same type of increases that we've seen over the last 40 years? And it's difficult to see what the structural change that could generate that. So we talked about all the things about dual income. Couples, lower interest rates, longer home loan terms, easier borrowing rules that have all been capitalised into house prices. What's the similar thing that's going to work over the next 40 years? I don't know, and I don't do forecasts, Mm. but it is hard to see how the buy the biggest house you can afford rule is actually good advice anymore. Certainly buying your home is a great idea and having it paid off by the time you retire is a great idea, Mm. but stretching to get there may not be the wisest thing. Okay, so get this, peeps. When I bought my first house to live in in 2015... I was paying 5% interest. At the time, that was cheap money, right? Like 5% interest, that's mm-hmm. cheap because we're still coming off people locked in at 75 and 9%, like out of two or three year fixed terms, right? And it could be like, oh, wow, this is cheap money. I need to borrow as much as I can while mm-hmm. it's cheap. I mean, the rest is history. That would have been good over the last seven years because, yep. but we've got to be careful as we're on the rebound now because interest rates only going one way and which way is that, Vince? Up. And that's so, not a bank. And that's not a bank. Well, it kind of is. It's a badge bank. <laughs> uh, you really have to be hype. Like we talked in personal finance land, we've talked for years about when you're getting a loan, add 2% to your servicing just so you can work it out. And sure, if interest rates are falling, that's cute. She'll be right. But seriously, now- cost of money is increasing over the coming years. So, don't get caught out with this stuff. Yeah. And remember, if you're, if the average home buyer, is, first home buyer is now 31, 30-year home loan at age 31, that's 61 when it's paid out. Would you ever go back to a 25-year mortgage? Um, do you I'm think a, it's not I, worth well, it? Well, I don't have a problem with the basic home structure of 30 years, but what I'd say to most of our members is you need to be even if you take out a 30-year loan at age 50, you want to be paying it off by the time you retire. Mm. That's, That's right, One yeah. of the worst things you can do is raid your super at 60 to pay off your home loan. But it goes back to, like, I said this around the hex or help debt thing, like, sure, you probably wouldn't pay it off in the normal course of business. Like, most people just let it do it. But as a on-balance thing, look, there's nothing wrong with paying debt off in your life as soon as possible, as long as you're not sacrificing your present yeah. goals and or, your present or, or lifestyle. Or the opportunity of investing or, elsewhere. Yeah, all, all that But stuff. if you're 50 and you take out a 30-year home loan, mm. well, actually, maybe you should work out what the payments are or get your broker to do it. Mm. That will get you out by 60 mm. or 65 or whenever you intend to retire. Yeah. Well, it was a book chat. We didn't really chat about your book, but that's all good. <laughs> um, you can... Buy, live the life you want with the money you have, the money handbook for a new generation. <gasps> and, and I told him, it's too long of a title, but they stuck with it. Um, but whatever, what do I know? Well, um, my publisher says you're wrong. Well, I know there's a, there's she's probably right. She's probably right. It's probably the only thing you've ever been wrong about. 
uh, there's a lot more. <laughs> but uh, look, there's a link in the show notes if you want to buy Vince's book from Booktopia, Amazon. Uh, if you haven't bought my book, Dimux, Kinekunya, all, all that stuff. Um, it's in Big W next to mine. If you haven't bought mine, buy both of them because you'll save on shipping. And it's just a way to support the podcast and everything that we do here. So, I really appreciate that if you're a new listener and you didn't know that uh, both Vince and I had a book. Uh, but Vince Scully, uh, Live Shopper, we'll see you for the next Campfire Chat. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having me. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.